0: Hey everyone, this is Roman Vokokchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Ann Sieg. Anne is the author of three widely acclaimed books as well as the founder and CEO of E-Commerce Business School. She has an interesting story about pivoting in terms of a business she had to kind of leave because laws were changed that basically kind of obviously ended that and what she had to do in terms of providing for her family and how she got to now. So thank you for joining me today.
1: I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thanks for coming on. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today?
1: Well, as it relates to where I'm at today, so relative to, yes, owning E-Commerce Business School, I'm the chief marketer. And I run the marketing department. It's my sweet spot. That's that's what I do. So in that context, I actually started when I was very young, seven years old, went out into the neighborhood to sell my knitted, hand knitted Christmas bells that my grandma had taught me to knit. I've got three of them up on my bookshelf behind me. And I sold them 50 cents a piece and three for a dollar. So I even had a bundled offer. Um, Basically my mom had set me up with my first store and it's called a, a paper box, a cardboard box. One of those little white ones that you buy for Christmas giving and uh she showed me how to make the change my mother did not go with me back in those days kids were off on their own a whole lot more and so i'm a little girl and i'm ringing the doorbell and i sold every single bell and i came home and the box made this very interesting sound i know the sound does a rustling of dollar bills and coins so that was kind of my first experience but I didn't formally get into sales uh, which was direct sales uh when i was pregnant with my second child and that was basically just to add in some extra income. And so was direct sales. Back in those days, I'm going to date myself. I'm, your audience is a little younger. But there was no social media and there was no internet. When I started direct sales, we're talking about doing home parties and going door to door. So kind of the real, you know, hard school and Knox kind of method. And I actually really, really loved it. And it was a lot of fun. I always incorporated my sons into whatever we were doing in business. So I did Avon. I did Mary Kay and with Avon, we'd go out in the neighborhood and hang up the doorknobbers with the catalogs. And I just like selling. So um, then I came online in May of 2014. And I came online to solve a problem in my business, which by that time, my eldest son had then sponsored me into an MLM network marketing. And um, I just, this time through, I had big visions because here now we then owned our um, windshield replacement business in the automotive industry, and that basically put a roof over our heads and helped provide for the family. Is also homeschooling, but we also did real estate investment at that time. So I've been one, uh, I can juggle a lot of things. Uh, it's just kind of, and my wheelhouse is, Yeah, okay, I'm homeschooling, I'm helping run the automotive business, and then we're also piling on real estate investments, and it's just kind of this juggling thing. Anyway, so then I take on, all right, I'm going to do direct sales with my son, and I became a top um, seller in my state, but I couldn't get the the duplication aspect. So my son independently started to study online marketing. He said, Mom, you got to go online. You got to find out who your target audience is. Well, that's the antithesis of what they teach you in MLM, which MLM, network marketing, is everybody's your prospect. And as we know at direct response marketing and copywriting, no, not everybody is your audience, you know? And so I came online, and that's what changed everything. And um, uh, at that time, so then I got to work, and I became the top performer in that company. I reached out to my son. I said, I had a good thing going on here. I think you ought to join me. And so he had, in like kind, he was progressing, And he became a top affiliate marketer for companies like Walmart, GetResponse, uh, Best Western, etc. So we partnered up. And so he was probably 21 and he was a world top performer affiliate marketer. And I was becoming a consultant of selling, learning internet marketing. We crossed paths then. And then with our books we did, we released back in 07 with what's now come to be known as the attraction marketing industry. And it's basically just teaching people how to build a sales funnel and bring people through that process to bring in highly qualified prospects into your business. So we had three books and we did 4.2 million with my first ebook. And so I stayed in that space for about seven years. And then the big shift came fall of 2013 is when I shifted into e-commerce primarily as selling it as an opportunity and then creating, I already had a highly developed training and mentorship program. So that was my biggest pivot. So one, we did pivot out of the windshield business. And that's a really significant shift from offline and then going online. But I was doing kind of that proverbial kitchen table business, doing it on the side you know, and then, then we shifted, and as it, yes, the law. So I'm gonna touch, can I go on to that little thing about, yeah, since we just went through COVID, anyways, um, I think COVID has created the, the biggest shift ever in the history of mankind, which means amazing opportunity. And that all started to unfold, for which I have a son who lives in China, I saw it unfolding there. And it never crossed my mind it would unfold here the way it did. But when it started to unfold, I got, hmm, this is going to be interesting. What new innovations are going to come out of this? Which industries are going to explode? So that's always, there's a silver lining anytime there's a big shift. But I'll just say, so the shift um, that I made into e-commerce ended up being very, very fortuitous as a training company. So I create all the marketing. I I do, you know, all the front end stuff. And then I have an entire team that helps with the delivery. I don't do the delivery. I'm the front end face of the company. And I I do all the marketing. So um, I've been through a lot of shifts. And so the law for the windshield business was that I was through the legislature and it was the advertising laws. And that's been my humdinger with every industry, including online, when they roll out one of those laws that just it wiped out all the mom and pops. It was like a shoe coming down and you could hear the crunch. As so all the little mom and pops went on a business for which we're one of them. But thankfully I was already starting to pivot.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And like you you kind of experienced that uh side hustle into making it a business. And then obviously Pivoting and being affected by laws and and situations and taking advantage of Obviously a a turbulent climate now and I think With covid I mean the marketplace has changed globally. Like you said, it's not only one of those things that Is you know affecting one country? It's a global obviously pandemic and there's a lot of people kind of you know down struggling and stuff like that and with The power of the internet. I mean a lot of people if they choose to do it and pick up skills, they can really pivot because kind of like the the state of the workforce, because companies were forced to have everyone work from home or just straight stop doing business, they saw that people can actually be productive and work a large part of the time, if not all the time, at home. So it's creating a lot of opportunity that people can be remote, freelance, and be really anywhere in terms of performing, just understanding the skill and making that workforce truly global because before even, I mean, in, in digital marketing, you can find good people globally. But now different industries, if you're virtual, obviously, we're utilizing a conferencing platform. You can connect in terms of meetings and stuff like that. So you can find good talent anywhere in the world. And that's like truly kind of changing the la- landscape of work in general.
1: Very much. It's really created this the globalization effect that Milton Friedman wrote about the world is flat now more than ever. I mean, I've been online for 16 years now. And so this kind of came along and it's like, business yeah, yeah, as usual. You know, my whole staff is, we're all working from home and we span from the Philippines to Italy to the US. And we went continuing on without a hitch. And now it's this whole big shift of kind of different levels of Um, self-actualization. Because the one that I've been very intrigued about is, hmm, education is going to change a lot, especially the secondary education system, which is a a huge money-making... It's a business, you know? People lose that perspective, and I'm like, hmm, along comes empowerment. What is going to happen? So it's very intriguing to see things the equalizer start to take place, uh, higher levels of equalization. So equalization of opportunity.
0: Yep. I mean, that's, I mean, the internet delivers that and it's ultimately the skills. And in 2020, like I got into digital marketing because of the 2008, 2009 recession. I graduated college. I interned interned with the Secret Service my last semester, started applying, thought I was going to, you know, be in some kind of, no forensic role or something federal, but everything in terms of state, local, and federal agencies froze hiring in terms of spending any money. So I was applying, and applying, couldn't find anything, and then the opportunity came along. I didn't know anything about digital marketing. I didn't know anything about SEO, which was what I started in, or wasn't really big in terms of a big computer person. But I got into it out of necessity, and then over 12 years really fell in love with it, ran with it, started an mm. agency worked with fortune 500 companies. So it's one of those things, if you have the passion for it, the information is freely out there.
1: Yeah. It's so empowering. I, I love it. I, I love the digital marketing space that for a while there, I had an angst about it because I've been behind a computer for 16 years now that man, where's the true face to face relationships, you know? And so we do a lot of events this year It's Been trimmed down a lot. We only did one, but, um, I felt kind of anemic from that side of things. Um, and yet you know, what's different is my relationships are all online. So my team, of course, we meet up you know, several times a day and it's as though we are there together all the time. But um, it ended up being, I, I love the work behind it. That's for me, it's sales conversions is my huge passion. And it's it's kind of like a game. And when you win that game, it's really quite Rewarding, So it's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, with the onset of COVID, it's just like this world just went from here to here in terms of uh, the benefits and being so well positioned as a result, and especially now being in e-commerce, which is like a subset of the whole online space. It's just I, just today's Wall Street Journal paper, 38% growth from Amazon. <laughs> They're crushing it. So it's just like, man, I finally landed in the lucky bucket. So, anyways, I just encourage people. The online space is just so incredibly huge and vast. Lots of skill sets involved, no doubt, but well worth well worth learning.
0: Yeah, I mean, trends change. You can't see, you know, unforeseen things like you know this whole global situation. And I think with Amazon, I don't, I don't know. I think like their uh, total e-commerce, I think grew by like 10%. So it it really like hyper uh, propelled.
1: Yes. I don't even
0: know how many years it would have taken to get All to right. that percentile, but it, it, I mean, at least in my opinion, a few years, but this whole thing where people needs need goods online because they have to social distance or they're quarantine, And it's basically created this, you know, forced ecosystem that now we have to kind of adapt to.
1: Yeah, it's been crazy. They actually, their growth was so big, they create a spillage where people got frustrated. Prime, you have that expectation, two days, and eh, not so much during COVID. It, it got extenuated for a lot of situations, and they only accepted so many categories, five categories into their warehouses because they were deluged. So what hypergrowth it gave them, was that? Four years worth? I don't know, but it was huge. My sellers were happy day, you know, it was, it was exceeding Q4 results.
0: Yeah, that's interesting because I mean, personal experience, I, I don't use Wish a lot, but I have used it. So in terms of kind of buying behavior, so what I purchased on Wish last, and I don't know if I'm gonna ever use it because of this experience it wasn't coming from a local, you know, uh, fulfillment center. It was coming from China. So I ordered this thing like first week of April. I literally got it like a week and a half ago. So it's one of those things like, do I really want to spend, you know, let's say $50, $60 less, but get it four months later past what I was, it was like a a light jacket. So now it's not even applicable. It's, you know, it's, it's really hot out. So it's like, Like you said, uh, if people have a poor experience, they'll go somewhere else. And now, ultimately, they'll go somewhere else online.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the buying behaviors have definitely, uh, it's not as though they adapted briefly. They're here to stay. Maybe not 100%, but they now have experienced the Amazon's quality me rotten model and probably are not going to go back
0: yeah i agree so what motivates you to succeed obviously those motivations were probably different over time but what currently motivates you to succeed
1: i'm very driven and very motivated (laughs) i don't know how to explain it but um i guess it loops back to um when i was in junior high high school in those years uh shy Uh, lack self-confidence like oh my gosh I have to choose between theater and public speaking how about I say none you know but no I had to do once I went with theater that would be the least exposure you know and anyways um, but getting into a sport really transformed my character that um, as I came in as a underdog so to speak I was weak and I was inflexible so I had to really overcome odds and so I got really dialed into tracking. And so I was tracking how many push-ups, how many sit-ups, how many like, I was just tracking, tracking, tracking. And that was my way of really building the mental stamina that had to be behind it rather than just wishful dreaming thinking. And I've also always been an action taker. Um, so for example, when my mom said, you know, starting to cook at home and it was, oh yeah, and you can make biscuits tonight and here's the recipe i make my biscuits and they they didn't rise um did you read the all the instructions there in recipe and uh nope and so um i miss the baking soda is i take action and i like taking action i like just slinging that axe and, and taking the action um and so but it was really those foundational years and in, in sports and then i became a coach for 15 years was um super mega internal discipline just extreme mental discipline like my mom wasn't going to cart me around all my lessons i rode my bike i bought my own bike i would ride eight to nine you know the proverbial story i would ride my bike nine miles to go do my workout and i'd ride my bike back which for some people that would have been their workout it's just that bike ride for me no i'd work out for three hours and then i'd ride my bike back because i wanted it so badly and so um, basically it's just like a, a a fire and granted, You're right. Um, different motivations. So the first was, um, when I was coming online, I wanted to get my husband home. And so that was just it. That was my rallying cry. And I think people need that, that rallying cry. I'm marching up the hill and I'm going to throw this flag down because I want to X, Y, Z. Um, and so it was that, but you know, I've taken the online test through, uh, what is it called? Um, I've got the name written down, Born to Build Assessment, Born to Build, it's a book. And so I came out as Rainmaker, and I'm like, well, that sounds about right, (laughs) you know, Um, because it's it's kind of the thrill of the chase, you know, just like when I wanted to learn a bar skill, but I lacked the strength. I thought, well, I got to reverse engineer this. This is silly for me. Who do I think I am? I'm going to just jump up on the bars and do a kip or whatever the skill is. So I had to think logically and break it down into steps that, well, I'm lacking the ab strength, I'm lacking this. Okay, so I'm going to go and build those up. Then it can be reasonably expected for me to learn the skill set because I've come to the table more equipped. So instead of like, well, giving up was I, I just kind of figured it out. What were those prerequisites that I needed to have in order to be successful at that? And that's how I look with with online marketing. There's a lot of skill sets involved and I had to develop them. Um, But the thrill, it's just uh, so that like right now we're really poised for some massive growth with an application funnel we have that right now our biggest challenge is not getting the sales reps fast enough to fit a growth trend, you know, but it's so, it's this intrigue of making things work, and then how disappointing it would be to not push through all the way and see how far you can go. Like, why only go halfway? <laughs> so, that's a big part. It's that thrill. So, when I watch, I love to watch um, sports um, like the guys who climb the cliffs and the mountains, and I can relate. And they say now I want to go climb another one. It's that endorphin kick. No, it's not solely that. Of course, I'm. I want the benefit of doing the sales, having the profits, and you know, lifestyle, etc. But I think intrinsically, a lot of it is the chase. Like, how can I get my optimizations higher? How can I my conversion rates? It's fun. I love studying the data and going. There's a weak spot here. I think we can strengthen this part. It's very it's I don't want to say it's like a puzzle but it's a lot of that part and knowing that you can do it is is very intriguing and I I really enjoy that aspect of it.
0: Yeah, I mean it, you definitely have to be passionate and kind of driven about what you're doing. Obviously there's people that are in roles and positions where it's just kind of a paycheck and they're kind of miserable but with digital marketing, at least from my my perspective, I think obviously it's a lot about psychology. So that interests me and keeps me interested. And like you said, kind of connecting the dots or looking at a competitor, like they're taking off, what are they doing? What is this person doing? Kind of like having, doing like forensic digital marketing Mm -hmm. and reverse engineering that and making it better and doing competitive research and just kind of connecting the dots. Obviously I have things like session recordings and heat maps in terms of like conversion rate optimization to really like get the best possible. And it's rewarding when you get like a big lead, something comes in that's like six, seven figures. Sometimes when, you know, some of the industries I worked with, uh, legal industry, like eight, eight figures close to nine figure like verdict like crazy stuff and like it's it's cool to think that you helped bring that about and obviously you impacted other people's livelihoods through that as well
1: yeah absolutely i mean that's kind of awe inspiring like i you know i have this team and and you go to a whole nother level and it's just a solopreneur and it goes okay they have their house and their car and they because of my actions. It's a whole different ball game. And you, you know, because I'll, I'll sometimes marvel when people will maybe complain about they have to go out and, you know, strike out a living for themselves. I'm like, yeah, try you being the main breadwinner for an entire team. Check that one out. And maybe you'll play a bigger game when you have to do that. And you learn to, I mean, you think you sacrifice at a family level. <laughs> and so, It's a whole nother matter when you've got a team and they're buttering their bread because of you showing up and doing what you can do the best to your ability.
0: Yeah, I agree. So what's one thing you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today?
1: Well, I saw that in your questions. I was like, hmm, a weakness that became a strength. I had to think about it a little bit, but I think it was, um, um, in my younger years, uh, a sense of insecurity, lack of confidence. Um, and I know Tony Robbins uses a phrase that I've kind of latched on that metaphorically describes what happened to me. Um, and I was teased a lot, you know, and so people can respond to that in a lot of different ways, lashing out anger, this and that. So for me, it was that, as Tony Robbins called it growing your internal, your internal giant it grew big, you know, while on the outside, it was like, I was easy prey and ridicule and this and that and the other thing. But inside I was like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, not necessarily that it was a, I was going to get back at them. It wasn't that there wasn't any hope, any hope of that, but it was more, I'll show you, <laughs> you know? Um, and so I think sometimes it's just twisting what is a negative And turning it into a positive, in that case, you know, it was like I wasn't going to be beat down. It was like, okay, you may think I am, but inside, oh, yeah, you know. So out of that was just really um, grew that steely resolve of, like I like to say, you know, when I make up my mind and that whole psychology of make up your mind. What does that look like, really, when you make up your mind? you know, you're telling someone, you know, you need to make up your mind. What exactly does that mean to make up your mind? And so that's what, um, so I turned, that was a weakness, a deficit, so to speak, um, that to some extent, I was out of my control. You have your makeup, who you are, um, but turn that into a strength. So I conduct webinars I've been doing since 2007 I'm sure it feels like several thousand but just now I'm totally comfortable I'm very confident in part because I've gained my skill set you know gained the 10,000 plus hours of mastering um but I would say it was that of not remaining in a quote-unquote downtrodden woe is me but oh yeah and I kind of keep showing you know oh yeah well, let me just show you how it's done around here. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, I didn't have any of that kind of mental makeup when I was younger, but now it's I'm extremely decisive. And I think people really crave that from leaders is it's hard to follow someone who's not decisive. They want to know someone they can make up their mind. And then, you know, because as a leader, you got to get people to rally behind that and they need to see that attribute. And if you're one who vacillates, that's whoa, okay, skitterbug here, where are we going, you know, so I think it was that um, plague ended up playing as a strength, and there was no one to coach me through it, it was just, you know, my parents didn't really know, back in those days, you didn't have those kind of talks, they were bigger families, it was just like, yeah, swim or, swim or die, you know, so I think it was that that really helped me.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of people obviously struggle with things in terms of insecurities and stuff like that, but they think it's just them. So kind of building through experiences and overcoming challenges kind of builds that over time, kind of develops that, I guess, emotional IQ per se and strengthens themselves inside. I mean, on a lot of episodes I've said, ultimately it's a you versus you battle and you have to get yourself to a point and get yourself out of your own head. And oftentimes you're the biggest hurdle to whatever you want to achieve.
1: hundred percent agreed. I mean, you can do so much coaching and all, but you know, I call it, it's just man up, you know, just buck up and you have to dig into what's the real resolve of why you're doing what you're doing. Some people will last all of a day. Oh, wow. That was your steely resolve, (laughs) you know? And so um, it's gotta be just deep in the gut, you know, burn that that fire in the belly kind of feeling.
0: Yeah, I agree. So what's one piece of advice you can leave with the audience?
1: You know, um, persistence and grit-like determination. I have faced so many hurdles and challenges in the online space. So many. And I remember the first company I worked with, they said, Ann, you're going to need a skin as a rhinoceros. And I was like, Ooh, skin of a rhinoceros, you say? <laughs> that doesn't sound like much fun. Um, but it's like getting, you're going to get kicked down. Oh, man, it's ad account shutdown, just, you know, stuff both in your, in the personal life and in your, you know, your business life stuff is going to happen. And I always look at it as I can't cave every time something like this happens. What is, what's business about, you know, in the staying power. And so that staying power is what has allowed me to hit an obscene amount of hurdles. Now I will shore that up and say, I think it really, really helps to have a coach or a mentor because, um, I mean, I've had some really dark moments and times in my business that I just have to lean onto someone. So my first online coach and mentor now works with me and my company. We've known each other 16 years. And I just, it's, it's tough to do this alone. And you always got to be your own big rah-rah coach and all this. I would say, you know, to an extent, yeah, you you do have to learn to self-coach and I, I do a ton of because I did coach literally, you know, in, in the sports and now in, in business is I, uh, that ability to see outside yourself. There you go again. You're flipping in that pattern again, you know, and being able to think objectively about your behaviors and emotions and and step outside that and go, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought we had to talk about this. You're, you're going to rein that in, you know, that kind of stuff where you're going to self-coach. But having an external coach can really help. And just that steely, grit like determination, which you see in all these shows that you watch. And you're going to, I always tell people, write in your business plan, write it down. Things are going to change. Think things haven't changed in 16 years being online? (laughs) It's practically a completely different online space now from when I first started. So, grit like determination, steely resolve, having that coach and mentor to get you through the bumps because you're going to hit the bumps too.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a long game, and obviously all those things you experience in life, personal and professional, kind of culminate and make you stronger for the next thing as well. So obviously, I mean, I was only five when I came to the U.S. from Ukraine, but it was still in the Soviet Union. So some of those things like waiting in bread lines, hot water shut off at night, KGB, like just people disappearing. Like I remember stuff like that, and then just experiencing loss. Uh, illness and, and family, obviously some business setbacks over the years and, you know, people kind of betraying your trust in terms of, you know, you hire them to do something, and they take your money and kind of run. I mean, everybody experiences that. It's just like how you react to it. And ultimately, all those negative traumatic things you have to take in hardest positively because you can either kind of give up or be deterred from reaching your goal or you can kind of harness it and turn it into something positive and kind of learn and utilize it for the thing that may come that's even bigger in terms of a challenge in the future.
1: I call it lessons learned. And there's been (laughs) how many of them. But truly, if you can just go, okay, what can I learn from this? What can I do differently the next time? And if you look at it that way, it's this stacking effect of hard-earned lessons. And it does, you don't want to go through it with bitterness. I've, I've had to deal with some of that because you do get burned. It does happen. Um, but, well, that was on me. What could I have done differently? What did I miss here? So being that analytical thinker to say, how would I approach it differently the next time? Learning from those hard-earned lessons.
0: Yeah, I agree. So I really appreciate you stepping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you?
1: Yeah, it's ecommercebusinessschool.com. That's our website. And you can find us on Facebook as well, ecommercebusinessschool, and get more information about it. Um, I call it the Amazon Lucky Bucket. We start with Amazon and then they can build from there. But it's been amazing.
0: Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by today.
1: You're welcome. Thank you.